and welcome to the podcast series of the Siegel Center Film Festival on Theatre and Performance 2022. My name is Tanvi Shah and I am so proud to be producing and co-curating this festival. This seventh International Siegel Film Festival showcases over 80 films created for the screen by theatre makers from nearly 40 countries during 2020 and 2021. The festival runs from March 1st to March 15th. All films are pre-recorded and available for anytime viewing on demand. The festival is global, it is online, it is free and open for all. I am currently in conversation with Amitesh Grover from India, whose piece The Last Poet is part of the lineup for FTP 2022. Hi Amitesh, thank you for being here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about this piece of work? Um, so I started making this work right after the first lockdown was announced, which was uh, March 2020. And it came as a, uh, for all of us, it came as a big shock um, as well. And uh, I think very soon we realized that um, this was unprecedented. Uh, theaters were shut down, um, you know, uh, venues and spaces where all of us uh, show our work and create our work were not accessible. Uh, anymore. Um, so as an artist, it, uh, you know, it was perhaps one of the most difficult times that I've seen in the last three decades. Uh, and um, I wanted to keep making work. Um, and I wanted to keep recording uh, the, the time that we were, we were experiencing and that we were living through. And I immediately turned towards the, towards the internet. Um, and um, I started to work with coders and programmers to create a 3D virtual city, which in some ways mirrored the dystopic city of New Delhi that I currently live in. Um, the city is dystopic because of its pollution. Um, it's dystopic because of uh the the authoritarian regime that uh, all of us are enduring um first for for a few years and it's dystopic also um in in the sense that um the the future looks very dark uh living in this city and i wanted all of this uh to be reflected in a 3d virtual space that i that i wanted to create The months right after the lockdown were also peculiar because this was because we didn't understand the disease yet. And I remember that we were losing people without understanding what was really happening to them. And this this sense of sudden loss was the driving force behind the piece. Uh, so the story that we started writing, um, I, I work with. A, a dramaturg called Sara Mariam, and she and I have been collaborating and partnering for uh, about three or four years, and she's been writing for all my pieces. Uh, and she and I discussed that we wanted to write about a poet uh, who had suddenly gone missing, and that there were rumors around his disappearance, just like uh, the rumors that were being spread about the disease and about what what was happening when the pandemic struck the entire world. And, and that's how it all began, really. It was a way for me to document the time. It was a way for me to try and process what was happening. And I wanted all of that to get reflected in a performance piece. 
and internet was the only venue and the only space that was available for artistic creation at the time when everything else was shut down. Thank you. And what does it mean for this piece for the last poet to have a wider audience via the internet than local theatrical work normally does? Well, it's very new. The, the medium is very new. Um, and uh, theater is, uh, you know, has, has a local root uh, wherever in the world it takes place. Uh, theater artists are always working with their local surroundings, um, languages that are spoken uh, in their city and an audience base that is loyal, uh, that comes in and watches the work uh, on a regular basis. But with the internet, the whole world is the venue. And uh, it took me some time to understand what does it mean to put a performance work, a live work out there? Uh, what does it mean for someone to uh, log in from a time zone, uh, which is very different and, and you know, a culture that's very different to where I come from? And sort of the internet is, you know, is a very chaotic space. It is very, and unlike in a theater where we can see the audience on the internet, I can't see who we are performing for, who is watching. Um, and this was extremely disorienting for the actors uh, when, when in the first few shows, the, the last poet is a, is a piece of live performance. So everything that gets performed in the piece is live. And it is also interactive. So the audience is asked to make choices in the middle of the show. And depending on the kind of choices the audience makes, the show proceeds uh, in that direction. And this opened up a whole world of possibilities where the actors won't show exactly what scenes will be played out today because we didn't know, there was no way to predict what the audiences were going to choose. So the whole show is actually, I mean, think of, think of the whole show as a show with tens of possibilities that can unfold and unfurl in different ways. One day I sat and calculated with, with our team and it turns out that there are 125 ways to watch this show. And the, the actors need to be ready with all the possibilities. And some possibilities get played out in a show and some possibilities never get played out in the show. And that unpredictability, that, that precarity spoke to the times that we were living in uh, as well. The entire show got created and produced entirely online. The actors performed this uh, show from their houses and um, all of them transformed the corner of their house into a performative space uh, for this piece. Uh, all of them were working for the camera for the first time. And this was a very unlikely collaboration of coders, programmers, uh, light designers, and actors and writers to come together to create a performance piece. I don't think I've ever worked with a team like this before. As you said that there are over 120 possibilities of what can happen because the show was designed to be live and interactive. Why have you chosen the particular recording that you have sent us for this film festival? And what does it mean for this audience who will not be able to experience it in the way that you intended with the interactivity, with this sort of agency? Uh, what do you hope that they will take away from it regardless of the 
that missing aspect yeah you know i mean a recording of the show is always going to be a, a partial experience of the show i create a lot of work that is very hard to document there is no way to comprehensively document the kind of work i produce because i do believe in the strength of liveness and in the fact that a live show or a live event is impossible to be captured in a holistic way in a comprehensive way by any form of documentation or media and so consequently the this particular recording that everyone's going to watch in this festival is going to be the perspective of just one audience member who had watched the show before and that is going to be shared with everyone but i'm hoping that once everyone watches this one recording that the potential of the show and of this work is revealed to everyone and that you know we we get the opportunity to perform the show live after this festival gets over at other venues uh, which are ready to take the risk of inviting a live performance work online it's also very risky you know the the kind of times we're living in i i have to be very careful about protecting my actors and my writer from a lot of unpredictable responses online the story that's a part of this work is a very incendiary story it's about a poet a people's poet who is extremely critical of uh, people in power and his poetry you know uh, speaks truth to power um and that's why he becomes extremely famous um especially with the underclasses and so there are many characters from the underclasses and there are also several characters in the in the show uh, who come from the personal life of the poet who talk about his work and talk about his poetry uh, but also talk about their relationships with the poet uh and 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 some parts of it um are hypocritical of uh people in power and of what we see around us uh, today and and that has been quite a challenge to direct and to create for an online audience where we are not sure who is watching and what is going to happen right after the show gets over have there been any reactions or responses that have surprised you or stayed with you uh yes several um we have a chat we have a chat box in the show and uh people chat with us uh during the show um they chat about the kind of choices uh, they are making during the show uh they often write in saying we don't want the show to ever get over can can it just keep playing on we get uh, there was this one uh, surprising message where that this audience member just could not find this one character whom she had met at the beginning of the show and she was desperately trying to get back to that character navigating through the city and she was just getting angrier and angrier with us uh for not being able to you know uh, take her to that character room and it's the show is not simply in our hands it's it's you know it there is an algorithm that we've created and the algorithm decides where everyone goes and how the journey unfolds for for everyone um and once the show of course gets over there's been a strange sense of collecting applause from the audience in messages you know because we are so used to hearing applause in a physical space 
uh, right after the show gets over that there is an eerie silence after this online show gets over. We can't hear our audience. And then, you know, a few minutes later, messages start pouring in from everyone who's watched the show. And so we have to imagine uh, the collectivity, the, the, you know, the, the, the collected response of, a, of, of an audience. So all of these kinds of experiences are very new and we are getting used to it. And they're also very, you know, uh, surprising in ways. There was a message, of course, that was very critical of the show and uh, very critical of the story of a certain character uh, who is quite straightforward in, in its uh, criticizing the current ruling dispensation. And that created some kind of controversy. Um, but, uh, you know, as an artist, I had, to, I had to deal with it somehow. That's what it's been so far. Um, of course, I mean, we did it. Uh, the, other, the other thing with online shows is the difference in time zones. Um, you know, in theater, we always assume that the time within which the actors are present is also the time of the audiences. And so, you know, all of us are co-present in one space and in one time. But we were showing this piece at a theater biennale in Canada. So we had to wake up at five in the morning and begin performing the piece in India for audiences in Canada to watch it the, the night before at eight o'clock in, in their evening. And this disconnect with time and space is, is something I think that we're still getting used to with regards to performing live online for audiences sitting halfway across the world. I think two final questions. One is, what has control meant for this piece with the number of variables, with the number of options, with the algorithm, with the kinds of responses, with the actors and their stories and these characters and their journeys themselves? What has it meant to helm a project where there are things you can control and things you cannot? like what time zone your audience is, is chiming in from. Uh, what, has, what has that meant for you when you look at this as an overview from a distance? Yeah, I think theater direction for me is not so much about exercising control uh, as much as it is about making a world. How does one make a world? One doesn't make a world to control it. One makes a world to see the possibilities of that world. For me, every time I direct and create a performance piece, I don't want to exercise control over it as much as I want to sort of create possibilities for it. So the way I approach it is that I start with thinking about uh, interactions and engagements. What are the ways in which this piece is going to be interactive and engaging? Um, and I define some creative rules for it. And then there are many possibilities that the work can take. And theater and creating theater is also extremely deeply collaborative. So how those rules get interpreted by my actors and by my designers is something that I look forward to really. And you know, it's like giving shape to a sculpture, being blindfolded really. And, and saying, all right, so I can feel your hands and you know you can feel mine and I can feel sort of this part of the sculpture and what does it look like to you? And, and so there are hundreds and hundreds of hours of conversations that go in. And then at the end, you hope that what, you know, what one one is making is something that is valuable, something in which 
everyone is able to see a part of themselves. And that, can, that cannot come from a single vision. That has to come from a deeply collaborative project. Um, so I work very intimately uh, and very intensely with my writer, with my designers, and also now with my coders and actors. And it's the idea is to sort of be able to build a world which is immersive and which is real and somehow is able to mirror and comment on the reality, on the immediate reality that, that we experience. But also, I, and I think this is the most important thing for me when I create, makes visible what is invisible around us. You know, and that for me is, I think, the reason why I make art is to, is to sort of make visible, give shape and form to what is invisible in my reality. You know, in a, but I feel it. I, I, I feel that in my reality and, and I want to make it visible in my work. Um, and that, I think that that cannot happen till the time you don't give up control over what you're making. I would work in a way in which less and less of what I make is under my control. Finally, is there anything else that you'd like the audience to know before they head on to watch your piece? Well, I would want to, uh, I would want everyone to remember that this is essentially a live uh, performance. They drive this piece, really. Uh, their watching drives this piece. Uh, there was this one sort of response that we keep getting, which is that many audience members ask us, can the actors see us? And I never answer that question. And that's, I guess, the, the degree of intimacy uh, and immediacy that the show produces through its experience. Thank you very much, Amadesh, for joining us. Uh, this was absolutely lovely. Please head on to watch The Last Poet on uh, seagullfilmfestival.org. It is now being showcased from 1st to 15th March, and it is available only for this duration. So please, please make sure to catch it. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to the Seagull Film Festival podcast. Thank you, Amitesh, for doing this. This was absolutely lovely. And goodbye. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.